Imagine if you could sit down at your desk in the morning, piping hot coffee in hand, you could pop open your laptop, double click on a document on your desktop that says life plan, so you could check on what's happening this week, this month, or even this year. Well, I wanna help you create that plan. Let's spend five days together making a roadmap for your future so that you can live all the rest of your days on purpose. Yes, you can own the future that's coming your way. The five-day Own Your Future Challenge is absolutely free to join, and I've got a spot with your name on it. Don't let another week, month, year, or even decade pass you by without owning the vision for who you want to become and the impact you want to make while you're alive. This is five free days of learning from incredible world leaders, helping you to uncover who you truly are and leading you to craft a roadmap and set goals aligned with the future meant for you. This is important. Join me and other amazing global leaders and experts to help you own your future starting May 11th. You can join right now for free at jennaschallenge.com. That's jennaschallenge.com for the five-day Own Your Future Challenge. I can't wait to see you there. You're listening to The Gold Digger Podcast, episode number 254. Are you guys sensing a theme around here? Online education has been the connecting thread through our recent episodes of Gold Digger, and it's for a few big reasons. Did you know that I make 90% of my profits from online courses? These courses are what have helped me to influence thousands of people to implement my systems. They've helped me create passive income streams and scale my business to the level I'm at today. And they've given me back the time that I need to be present for my family. But here's the thing. I didn't start at the seven-figure mark. In fact, I started before I ever felt ready, before I had perfected the process, before I knew all the secrets to growing a business in the world of online education. Let's be honest. I still don't know all the secrets, but I've learned a ton and I fine-tuned my process along the way. And I have a feeling that my conversation with this incredibly special guest will help fill in the gap so that you can start churning out your own big idea. Now, Amy Porterfield is my guest today, and she is a dear friend and one of the first mentors I ever hired in my business. She's an online marketing expert. She's a celebrated online educator in this space, and she's the reason I got into podcasting. It is her second time on Gold Digger, and we've never had a repeat guest before, so you know she's worth double dipping. Our goal in this episode is to meet you where you are at today. We're going back to our own beginnings in the online education and the course creation world, and we're talking through the steps that you can take to turn your knowledge that you already possess and create a new income stream. I am so ready to get this conversation started, and the final thought that Amy shares, the thing that has absolutely changed in her world because of online education is the one thing that has changed in mine too. And I cannot wait for you to reach that point of the show because there is something incredible that can happen when you start sharing your knowledge with the world and creating a bigger impact. So without further ado, I'm not going to spoil anything more. Here's my friend, my mentor, my peer, my coach, Amy Porterfield. You're listening to the Gold Digger Podcast, where we firmly believe that work doesn't have to feel like work. Self-made millionaire and marketing guru Jenna Kutcher will help you redefine what success looks like. It's time to hear from the experts, listen in on honest conversations, 
and learn the best tips and tricks that helped others pave their own way and craft their dream career. If you're ready to dig in, do the work, and tackle your biggest goals, you're in the right place. Here's your host, educator, photographer, and mac and cheese lover, Jenna Kutcher. Thank you to Swish for supporting this podcast. Create professional and polished custom video ads from your phone, even if you don't have your own footage. Try the Swish video app with a three-day trial that's free at swishvideoapp.com slash Jenna. Hey, real quick, I know there's been a ton of buzz lately about KBB, the Knowledge Business Blueprint. It's a course created by my business coach, Dean Graziosi. And a little later on in this episode, I'm going to share about an opportunity for you to join me in a mini mastermind and get coached by me. If you're too eager and you can't wait, head to jennacoacher.com slash KBB and you'll see the spoiler and the extra bonus there. But just stay tuned because it's really good. Amy Porterfield, my friend, you are our first ever returning guest on the podcast, and I could not think of a better person to have back. So welcome to the show. I am so excited. I feel like this is extra special. It really (laughs) is. Oh my gosh. I'm so excited. Okay. So I just want to have a conversation around creating online courses because I feel like there's been a ton of buzz around it. And it was actually funny because your program is one of the only programs that I know out there that teaches people how to create a course, but it kind of got me to thinking, I want to know your journey in becoming an educator because something tells me that it didn't just kind of fall into place. It took a lot of work. And so will you kind of kick off this episode and just share a little bit about what that looked like for you? Yes. So when I left corporate and started to do my own thing, I thought I was going to teach online courses like right from the get-go. Coming from working with Tony Robbins, who creates digital courses, I thought I knew enough to do my own. However, you don't know what you don't know. And I got out (laughs) in the world of entrepreneurship and thought, oh my gosh, I need to make money. And I don't really know how to do this digital course thing on my own. So I started to take a bunch of clients and I started to do social media for my clients. And I think that was really incredibly helpful for me, although I didn't enjoy it. And I always tell the story that I ended up creating a business that I didn't even love. I had all these clients (laughs) and I didn't want them. But the time in the trenches with them was really valuable because I started to learn where they struggled, what they liked to do, what they didn't want to do for their business, what they wanted to hire out. And I just really started to understand my ideal customer avatar. And so after two years of that, that's when I felt like I was really ready to teach what I knew and getting in the trenches helped me immensely. So it took a good two years for me to finally create my first digital course. Okay. That's super good to know. Did you feel like when you were in the trenches that you were kind of creating a system maybe without realizing it because you were answering the same things over again? Or were you intentional about that time? Like, What did that kind of look like when you were working one-on-one with clients? Great question. A hundred percent. Yes. So that's where I started to develop my content. When you're working with people, you start to say the same things over Uh and over again. (laughs) You're right. Answering the same type of questions. And so for me to get better at answering those questions and help them get results faster, I had to start putting together little mini methods and strategies and ways of teaching it. And I, I got clearer about the flow of how I wanted to teach it to my 
my one-on-one clients. And so when I sat down to create my first course, I realized, holy cow, I actually do have some content that I've created and put together in a a simple system or strategy that I could teach step by step. And so it was that work I did in the trenches that allowed me to see, I've got something to teach here. Okay. So let's talk about this. I want to know, I'm just curious, to be honest, how important do you think it is that people like really dive in and do that kind of one-on-one work or that season of trading your time for money before you create a program? Because it, I mean, there's just so many different ways people can go. And I feel like sometimes people want to start and create a course, but I feel like that season is so important. You know, it really is. And you're right. There's a few different ways to do it, but you have to have done the work for yourself and gone through some kind of transformation yourself and and sit down and document what that looked like or worked with somebody or multiple people and help them get results and really get in there. Or maybe you do something all the time and it's almost like second nature to you. I got to tell you a quick story. I have a student, her name's Melissa, and she was a pharmacist for many, many, many years. And she had little kids at home and she would drive over an hour each way to go into work each morning. And she was good at what she did and she made really good money, but she wanted to be at home with her kids and she wanted to have her own business. And the first thing she did, like the first digital course she put together was a canning course, like canning Ah, fruits and vegetables. But the reason she did that is because she was raised as a homesteader. So her parents were having the chickens and the cattle and growing the fruits and vegetables and canning. That's what she knew since a little girl. So it wasn't like something she worked with clients all around. She just knew this. So she thought, I've got this skill set that has nothing to do with my nine to five job, but I know there's other people that want to know how to do it. And it comes natural to me. I'm putting a course together, a really simple course about canning. And that was her kind of first dip her toe in the water kind of experience. So it could be just something you know well, or it could be something that you've done with other people or yourself. I love that. And like Tony Robbins and Dean, they're teaching people right now, like the importance of extracting it. And I feel like when I hear that term, I think a lot of us, especially women, I don't know, I don't know what it is. And and I don't want to just group us together as a whole. But I feel like a lot of times us women, we undervalue what we know, or we're like, do I really have something of value? Or do I really have something to offer? Did you feel like you were like a born educator? Were you like, I know this is what I'm going to teach on? Or did that kind of evolve as you started working with your clients? I was so far (laughs) from knowing I was a born educator. (laughs) That makes me laugh. Because when I I was in my corporate job. I remember sitting there like it was yesterday, looking at my best friend, Gigi, who was a writer. So she had this talent that could translate out into the entrepreneurial world. And Mm -hmm. I looked at her and said, I have no talent that I could build into a business. Like, I don't know what the heck I would ever do. So I didn't realize I could teach what I knew until I started to get out there and started two things, working with clients, but also I started blogging every single week. And I started Mm -hmm. finding a voice and kind of honing in on what I like to talk about. That's another thing. Back in the day, this was 10 years ago, blogging was kind of where it was at. But these days, podcasting and doing videos, you're starting to hone in on 
your message. And when you do that and do it consistently, like you and I do every single week, your specific trainings and strategies and little methods that you could put into a course, they start to come out naturally because you're talking so much about it. Yeah. So like when I think about your student and she created a program and do you know offhand like how much her program costed to teach people how to? A few hundred dollars. Okay. Yeah. So when you think about that, she could have been so easily to be like, how would I ever apply pharmacy or what I do as a pharmacist and create something? But I feel like a lot of times we forget we're experts in certain things. And and sometimes, you know, when you're talking to someone and they just light up about like, like organizing your closet as I'm sitting in a closet that needs to be organized recording this <laughs> things like that. And you're like, that's the person I want to go to if I have a question about this. Like when I think about anyone I know, they're an expert at something. So yes. you know what I think is funny about you that I always forget? Don't you have a book out there like from forever ago? Is it Facebook? Forever. Facebook, Facebook for marketing all no. in one for dummies. <laughs> okay. So let's talk about your first program because it kind of aligns with that. Yeah. And then like the transition of extracting your knowledge as you've grown and as your business has grown. Oh, I love this topic because there <laughs> really was this clear transition. So my first digital course was all about Facebook. Facebook. And it was like a Facebook marketing 101 type of course. It was $97, multiple modules. And I just taught how to get started with Facebook. And so around that time, I, because I was blogging regularly, somebody found me from Wiley Publishers and they said, (laughs) you should write one of those big yellow dummies books. So that's when I got to co-author that book. So Facebook was where it was at at the time and where my expertise started to really hone in on. So I created this Facebook Marketing 101 program. But here's the greatest thing. If you've been thinking about creating a course, but you're not really sure where to start or what you might do, you don't need to think of the big picture where you're going to end up. Because with course creation, it happens organically if you pay attention. So here's what happened. I created a Facebook 101 course. And then I listened to my students and they said, you know, Amy, what we really want now is a Facebook ads course. Now that we kind of know how to dabble with Facebook marketing, the money's in the ads. And Facebook advertising was kind of the wild west back then. So it was really easy to get into it and say, okay, here's what you need to do. And here's how to get started. So that was my next course. And from there, then my students started to say, we'd really like a a bigger picture about this, all this Facebook marketing stuff and Facebook ads. And how do I put together a huge strategy or a plan for my overall business? So my next program was Facebook Profit Lab. So Facebook Marketing Profit Lab is what it was called. But here's the magic. Those are three courses all doing really, really well. I would launch one for a while and then I would retire one and launch a new one. And so at that point, I started to get really good at teaching because once you do it for a while, you just, it becomes second nature. And I also started to grow a bigger audience because I was putting out these courses and I started podcasting and all of that. So then I realized, wait, I don't need to just teach Facebook. I'm getting better at online marketing, email marketing, list building, all of that. So Facebook Marketing Profit Lab became the Profit Lab, where I cut off all just Facebook and I started to be known for just marketing online in general to people that wanted to create digital courses. And so long story short, just to get into what happened next, 
I started creating more courses. I started creating really valuable webinars. And then I realized I could teach people how to create courses and how to do webinars. And that became my sweet spot. And that's what I've done for years and years now. But it started with something smaller because I had a little expertise in Facebook that grew into a lot of expertise. It can happen organically. Did you know that you were the first person to ever get me buy something off of a webinar? Stop it. Yeah. I did not know that. No, did you? I know. I was just thinking about no. that when you were talking about it. I was a student of the Profit Lab. I Like, I remember being on your webinar, just waiting for you to welcome me into your program. To Jenna, I love you so much. And the fact that now look what you do with webinars, you freaking crush it. Like, I, that's my dream to meet oh, people like you. Well, it's so funny, too, because I remember, I mean... It's no secret. It's so fun that we're friends now because when your team reached out to get a testimonial, like I died. Like I was like, I am so excited. So, I mean, you have been a teacher of mine. I can give you so much credit for what I know and what I've put into action. And so much of what I do today is because you started. And the other thing that I've told you this before, but one thing that started this podcast was I listened to your podcast every single week. And I remember one day being in the shower and you were talking about a launch coming up. And yes, I listened to you in the shower and you know that too. (laughs) But I remember you talking about a launch coming up and I remember just being like, take my credit card. I don't even need to go to the webinar. I want whatever you're selling. And it made me realize like I trusted you. I trusted you so wholeheartedly that I would have paid you for whatever program you're putting out next which is pretty amazing. And so I think my next question to go along with this is because you've evolved based on your students' needs and based on what they're needing next. How do you make that pivot or evolution? So let's say there's somebody listening to the show. They have knowledge. They know they're really good at something. How do you start sharing that to get to a place where you'll eventually be able to sell it? Ooh, okay. So you're saying you're creating content, you're putting stuff out there, but then you want to make that pivot where instead of putting just the free stuff out there, you want to make some money with it. Yep. Okay. I love this. I always tell my students that the difference between free content and paid content, there actually is a big difference, but you have to really understand the value of both. So free content typically is the big picture, the what, and some specific details. Okay. So really good content, like you and I, I feel like do really good content. We give enough that people can take action with and do something with, right? But we both have paid courses as well. The paid stuff is more of the blueprint, the roadmap, how to get from point A to point B as fast as humanly possible without all the fluff and just give me what I need to know. Now, yes, it's true that almost everything we want to do, you can find some version of that online for free. Might not be as good as some of the other stuff, but you can figure it out if you have time to piece together this and that and go search for this and who has time to do that and who would ever want to spend their precious time hunting and pecking for content that you don't even know could get you results. So people will pay for that roadmap, that blueprint, and that's what you want to be thinking of. So as you put together week after week, a really great podcast, let's say, then I want you to start to think, what is my core content? What do people ask me about the most? 
Where are they most curious? And what do I do and what do I know that could actually get somebody results? You might not have the roadmap all figured out just yet. Most of my students that come into my world, they've got a really great idea for a paid course. They're not exactly sure how they're going to teach it. I teach my students how to do that. But just knowing that you could put together a roadmap to help them get there, that's where the magic is. That's what people will pay for. I love that. One thing, and I know you've studied him as well, and now he's a friend of mine, Russell Brunson. Yeah, I he, love Russell. Oh, he's so brilliant. I just, his mind is like insane to me. But <laughs> I know. One thing that I love that he teaches, and I think you and I both use in a different way than he teaches, but something that I think makes so much sense is that when you are teaching about something new, it's not necessarily steps A, B, C, and D to get that end result. It's what mindset shifts have to happen first yes. to qualify somebody to believe that they can put that plan into place, right? Yes. So I feel like so many people are like, okay, here's the exact system to do it. But until somebody says, one, I'm ready to do it. Two, I'm qualified to do it. And three, I'm going to take action. They're never going to buy your program. And I feel like a lot of people skip that step. They just go straight into selling. So do you have any tips up your sleeve in terms of how to kind of reach your audience where they're at and then how to kind of paint the picture of that end result that they would get if they were in your program? Yes. Okay. So I love that you bring this up because one of the transformations I feel I've had over the last few years is to realize that I'm a teacher for sure, but I also need to be a cheerleader and a coach. There's got to be that mindset piece of it where now I do a lot of that inside my courses and on my podcast, just making sure my audience really understands where they are right now and where they want to go and that I believe that they can get there and I've got the tools for them, but they have to believe it as well. So I'm so glad you bring this up. So typically I ask my students to ask themselves the question, what does my ideal customer avatar need to believe, want, understand, or really just get before they'd ever even consider buying my course? Mm -hmm. Really basically what you just said about Russell's philosophy. So what do they really need to understand or get or want? And so when I ask my students that, I have them dig a little bit and I say like, where are they right now? What yes. are they doing? What are they asking? What are they thinking? Because they're probably not anywhere near the point that they're going to pull out their wallet and say, I'm ready. I'm ready to pay you. And a lot of people have never bought anything on a webinar, like you said. So <laughs> So we need to warm them up to this. And so I always ask that question and they'll say, well, Amy, how, how would I even know where they are, or what they need to believe or want? And I'll say, well, what do they believe right now about their situation? And if you don't know, you got to start listening and asking. And I think that's one thing, Jenna, you do really well. You engage with people on social media. I see you in the comments on Instagram, literally responding back to people and having conversations with them. I know it's so grassroots and seems so simple, but a lot of people won't do that. So we've got to ask, we've got to pay attention. But even if you don't have tons of engagement, a lot of my students are brand new. They hardly even have a following. You can pay attention to what people are saying on social media that are maybe in Facebook groups or some kind of forum that they're your ideal audience. They just might not be your customer yet. What are they talking about? They'll tell you where they're at right now. And you're looking for their biggest fears, their challenges, what's keeping them stuck, what's keeping them small. You start the conversation there. There's so much great free content you can create right there that will eventually lead them into saying, 
I am ready to do X, Y, Z. And funny enough, you're right there ready for them. Mm-hmm. And I think too, I want to go back to a point you just made because this all ties together so well is people could find the free content out there. But I just did a coaching call with my coach Dean and he was saying like those who pay, pay attention. And I feel like people don't value free. And so it's like we show up every single week with our microphone, like ready to (laughs) teach our hearts out. But how many people are taking action? And when you get people into a program and they get that energy of it and they have the blueprint and they know what's coming up next, it's like this entirely different thing. And so when you think about creating a program, where do you start? Do you start with the end results? Like, how do you start to map it out? So let's say you're a canning student, like where would you tell her to begin extracting that knowledge and then packaging it up? So what I tell her is, first of all, let's be really clear about the results that you can promise from a course like this. Yes. Now, here's the deal. Jenna and I are in the world of helping people build businesses and make money, but a lot of our students are not in that world. So it doesn't have to be this flashy result that you're going to help people make money or change their lives drastically. If somebody wants six months of a full pantry of fruits and vegetables so they don't have to worry about going grocery shopping for a long time, then that's the results you're promising. So one, what kind of results can you get somebody? And two, is there an audience out there that wants those results? And that's where paying attention and listening and getting to know your audience really comes into play. I know it's the less sexy kind of stuff, but you got to do it. You got to do your homework and make sure people will pay for this. And I always tell my students, might be a few phone calls that you've got to get on. Do a little investigative work. Get out there into the world and talk to people about it. You'll learn a lot quickly. And over time, this becomes easier. So once you get clear on the result, you can promise that you know you're capable of getting for somebody and making sure that somebody actually wants that result. From there, we're going to start building out the framework, that mapping out what might it look like. And I take my students through this whole process, but it starts with a full-on brain dump. Let's get it all out of our head and onto a notebook. I'm a pen and paper kind of girl, but you could put it into a Google Doc or whatever. And then I'll give you one more hint from there. We typically take all of that and we put it into Post-it notes so that we have a full wall of Post-it notes where we start to play around. Because remember, the goal is to find your own roadmap that you want to teach. What would you teach first? Okay, then what are some extra lessons that might come under that main point? All right, what would you teach next? And then when you get the whole thing mapped out and it looks so crazy beautiful with all those (laughs) post-its, from there, you can say, let's take away some of the fluff. What do they not have to have? I think that's kind of, I've been in this world for 10 years now. And one thing I've noticed is people are getting better and better educators. Let's take out the fluff. We do not have hours and hours to go through courses. So the shorter the video, the better. Getting to the point A to point B as fast as humanly possible, that's what people will pay for. Join my mini mastermind. And let me spoil the good news just a little bit. It's free. You might have heard me talking about the Knowledge Business Blueprint or KBB, and it's a course that I'm taking. It's insanely legit and a huge game changer. Like it already gave me my biggest idea for 2020. Now, Tony Robbins and Dean Graziosi and Russell Brunson, they're the ones that are leading and teaching this course, and I don't want them to have all the fun. So I'm offering an exclusive bonus for all of the Team JK students who sign up for the KBB. You are going to get a special bonus that connects me to you so that we can work together through it. 
I'm opening up a brand new private Facebook accountability and study group where I'll do weekly hour-long Q&As and teach through my takeaways. I'll tackle your biggest questions and I'll share my expertise as the knowledge business is already my kind of business. Consider me the teacher's assistant. And since I'm working through the course too, I'll keep us all on track. Oh yeah, and it's free. There's zero extra cost. When you join the KBB, you get access to me. Find out more about the Knowledge Business Blueprint and about this opportunity at jennacutcher.com slash KBB. But don't delay because this is a very limited offer and I want to make sure you don't miss out. jennacutcher.com slash KBB. I know from experience that video ads, they convert and they often outperform photo ads. If you want to use video ads in your business, but you don't have the budget for a freelance video producer, you need the Swish app. It's super user-friendly, giving you the drag and drop. They have fully custom tools to produce video ads for Instagram and Facebook. With Swish, you can create an ad in three minutes, even if you don't have your own video footage. Just pick a template that fits your business category. They have fashion and beauty, wellness and health, food and restaurants, and so much more. Then you select the format, customize the text, and change up the music, the fonts, and the colors. If you do happen to have your own footage, you can swap out the stock video for your own. All that's left is to share your video to social media or save it to your camera roll. I am so impressed with how professional and polished the Swish templates are. I know you'll love the Swish app, so try it out with a free three-day trial at swishvideoapp.com slash Jenna. If you love it, a lifetime membership is only $120. Get your free three-day trial at swishvideoapp.com slash Jenna. I literally just did a coaching session one week before this episode airs. And I was telling the girl, I was like, I feel like your first instinct, and I know you've talked about this on your show, but the first time you go to sell a course, you want to like add everything in the kitchen. Everything. And you taught me this to like not do that. (laughs) And it's so funny because I was watching a webinar the other day and it was like, you know, a hundred module program and like 50 hours of content. I was like, I will never be able to do this. And so for me, if I could get like a 10 hour program, I would way rather buy that than a 50 hour program. And so I agree with you so much, like removing the fluff. And I think that's why your programs are so good because it's not like this whole, like, here's about Amy and here's Amy's journey. It's like, no, no, no. Here is step A. Here is step B. And I think a lot of times it's like, we want filler and we want like feel good. And it's like, people are here to get from A to B. And like, how do you do that? And you are, you are the queen at that. Oh, well, thank you. Cause I definitely, it's a big deal to me. Like let's cut out the fluff for sure. Yes. I love that. Okay. So you have full, it's so funny. I think I know your podcast episodes better than you do. Okay. This makes me love you even more girl. (laughs) The other day I was texting Amy a screenshot and I was like, look at someone who's asking this question. And I like referred them to a podcast episode (laughs) two years ago. And she's like, Oh, I forgot about that show. And I was like, Oh, I actually listened to it once a quarter, but you have a podcast episode all about how to price your program. And so can we just talk like a little bit about that? Because I feel like I see a lot of questions around like, I'm creating a new course, or I'm creating a template, or I'm I'm selling information. How do you kind of approach pricing, especially when you're Mm. starting out in this realm? 
Yes. I get this question a lot. Somebody will come to me and they'll say, okay, me, I'm creating a course to teach people how to get started with yoga online. (laughs) And they'll tell me before I even ask any questions, they'll say, okay, so it's 10 modules in each module, there are five lessons. Overall, it's about 15 hours plus eight PDFs and XYZ. They'll go on and on and on. And I'll say pricing your course has nothing to do with how many modules, how many lessons, how many PDFs. It really comes back to what you and I were saying. Less is more actually. And so I learned this back in the day when I came out with a course that probably had I don't know, 20, 25 lessons in it. And I think it was $1,000. And then I watched Michael Hyatt come out with something and he had five modules, like five videos only. And it was around the same price. And I thought, holy cow. So I studied it. And that's when I realized price is not dependent on how much stuff you have in your course. What it's dependent on, one of the main factors is the level of transformation that you're promising somebody. And so let's just say that the canning program, if she told me that if Melissa said, I'm going to charge $2,000 for this canning program and I'm going to give them three months of canning in their pantry, I would say, okay, is that result really worth $1,000? Would someone pay $1,000 for that? I don't know, but I'd have her go back to the drawing board to kind of play around with that. And so this is where you have to experiment, but it really is the level of transformation and what you can charge. And so I have a course where I just get them started with a specific topic and they run with it versus I've got another course where it's A to Z, everything you need to know about course creation and launching with webinars. And my big promise is you could really do five to six figure launches once you get going. There's a bigger transformation, a bigger promise there. And so I price accordingly. And I'll tell you one more, two little things about pricing. Number two is that you can always experiment. I say start a little lower than you might typically want to, and then you can always go up from there. So it's a little awkward to start really high and then go lower because people are like, uh, I paid the full price uh, two (laughs) months ago. So you want to be careful with that. I've experimented my profit lab program started at 297, went all the way up to over a thousand dollars by the time I had launched it several times. So that's one thing. Number two, think about two tier pricing. I love two tier pricing where you have let's say an independent study where they get the entire program with all the bonuses. And then you have a VIP status where maybe it's just 100 people and they get to be in a private Facebook group with you for six weeks with live Q and A's, but it's only a hundred people. So it's exclusive and it's more expensive. Typically, when you do a good job with this, you will always sell out quickly with your VIP, which makes everything look a lot more attractive. That scarcity is a really good play that's very true to, look, I really did fill up all the spots. And the last thing is, and this is a must, I believe, payment plan, payment plan, payment plan. So if you have a program that's even just $200, a lot of my students will do a two pay, but making it a no brainer price helps immensely. So if you're just starting out a payment plan, you will make more money with that. So something to think about. I know it was actually interesting. Somebody in my gold digger Facebook group the other day was like, I don't understand why payment plans add up to be more money. And so I don't think they were thinking about like people defaults. 
it's more work for your team to make sure all the money's coming in every month. You're also giving people all of the content up front and then believing that they will. So I think some people were like, I don't get why it's like 997 or 12 payments of 97. That's why. So I love that. Also, I was a VIP person in your group. I was in the top 100. (laughs) Of course you were because you're a baller like that. I love it. I like jumped. Everything you're saying, I'm like, yes, yes. And yes. You want to know, I got to say something about that. The first time I ever knew of Jenna was when she gave me this glowing testimonial. And so, you know, the world's busy and there's so many people online. And so when she stood out, like her results were amazing and she had this thriving business, of course, not just because of me and this thriving business and doing great things. So I am like, who is this girl? So then I go to her website. She's got this gorgeous website and it's so fun. And I fell in love with her instantly. And then we become friends and then we go on our girls trip. Like things can happen when you get success in someone else's program and you show what you can do. And I say that because I think that that's really cool that you and I got to connect because I got to see that, oh my gosh, you're doing big things in the world. So it's just cool when you share your success, like you were gracious enough to tell us your story. Oh yeah. That's good karma, I think. Oh yeah. And I, I like recorded a video in my bathroom for you. I remember. <laughs> but also too, I think as educators, like I am, and same with you, I'm always paying attention to the people that take action. Yes. A lot of my students have become employees of mine. They become people that have helped manage community. Like I notice and I can see the people taking action. And those are the people that I want to keep investing in. Because let's be honest, a lot of times people will sign up for programs and maybe they'll take one or two modules and they fall off the bandwagon, things like that. I'm sure that you have thought about like how you can get people success. And I mean, part of that is paring down what your offer is to make it very Mm -hmm. clear. Are there any other tools to make sure that people that purchase actually get that success? Because like I was a success story of yours, but I think there's a statistic and I could be wrong in this, that like 3% of people actually finish a program. Is that right? Something like that. So I've never heard that one, but it is low. And so I'm on a mission to increase it as much as possible. So I'm glad you asked this question. So one of the things that I teach is something called a new customer onboarding sequence. And I first learned this in a really great way from Marie Forleo with B-School when I was a member like back in 2011, because when you joined her program, it wasn't like a love them and leave them or one and done kind of thing. She communicated with me every single step of the way as I was going through her course. And so I love that model and I I made it my own and tweaked it and really put my own personality to it. And I started to send out a new email with every module, whether it would be an automatic program where you got all of it, I'd still send out an email weekly saying, okay, by now you're probably on module two, let's talk about it. Or if I dripped it, which means they get one module every week, I could follow along really easy with them. But I would infuse a lot of my personality and and really become their cheerleader and their tough coach saying, if you haven't blocked time on your calendar, if you haven't made time this week, remember why you signed up in the first place. And I'm always bringing them back to emotion, not necessarily step-by-step strategy. It's not the time to do that. It's to really inspire and motivate. And they hear from me every single week. So that was a big turning factor. I started to see a lot more 
testimonials and success stories when I implemented that. Yeah. And I mean, I think it's very easy to forget as an educator too, like you and I, and I know a lot of educators out there, like we feel really responsible for our students. Like I care so much. Like my goal is for you to make back your investment in tenfold and 20 fold, you know, but also like I've bought in programs where I've only taken one or two modules and I'm not mad at the instructor. I'm mad at myself, you know? And so I think a lot of times too, we take on this added responsibility where it's like, if you're going to go out and teach, like you can what is that quote? Like you can teach a man to fish or you can, oh, <laughs> oh no, I'm going to mess it up too. Or wait, Galena, you can, oh, oh no, we should know this, <laughs> but they know what we're talking yeah, about. They're with us. It's been a teach him to day. fish and I'll have food forever or something like yeah. that. So it's like, you can bring people to that, but like, unless they choose to take action, it's not necessarily your responsibility. And I bought programs just to get one piece of the puzzle too. You know, yeah. so there have been programs where I'm like, I just want this template or I just want to see how they do this. And so I love that because I feel like when you're focusing on getting people results, like you said, there's more testimonials, there's more people too. the lifetime value of your customer goes up because if you can get them results in one program, then they're way more likely to invest in another program and another program as well. So true. It's so true. That's my favorite thing when I've seen people go through so many of my different courses because they're fans for life and they tend to get the really big results. So yeah, great point. I am one of those. I am for (laughs) life. I will buy anything you are selling. I love you, girl. So the last thing I want to talk about, because you are brilliant at this, is Let's say somebody says, okay, I'm going to make a program, even if it's like a $39 program, that could be life changing for somebody to sell. So what could somebody do before, during and after a launch to generate buzz and interest in the offer? I know you teach pre-launch, launch, post-launch. Do you want to just kind of give us a quick overview of things that people could do for that? Yes. Okay. So just remember that when I launch a digital course or when I teach my students to do so, I am a huge fan of the webinar as is Jenna. So we use webinars to promote our digital courses. So keep that in mind. And then I'm going to walk you through some strategies. So number one, you're right. I do put a lot of focus on the pre-launch. And typically what that is, is about six weeks before you launch, you just kind of amp up what you're doing online. Maybe if you're not doing Facebook lives every single week, you start to do them every single week. And the content that you're teaching is somewhat aligned with what you're going to be selling on your webinar, your digital course. And so you start to show up live on Facebook more often or doing a little bit more IG stories or whatever it might be. You also really want to ramp up getting on other people's podcasts and guest blogging and all of that. So that would be the pre-launch content. The pre-launch content is a really crucial time to start warming up your audience. And remember, you can start putting out content to meet them where they're at, which is what we talked about earlier. So some of that content is going to address some of the fears and the challenges that they're facing as well, and then giving them some concrete content that they could take action with. So it's a really good mix and you can have a lot of fun with it. And then during the launch, that's where I really encourage my students to do multiple live webinars. I think one webinar just won't cut it. And if you do a few, you can kind of ease into it and get much better with your webinars. So I always encourage my students to do a few live webinars during their launch. Now, the secret sauce is what you do after the webinar. And after the webinar, one of my students, Danelle, she teaches 
people how to groom cats. That is her business. And she's created digital products on how to groom cats for people that are building businesses around this. And she used to do webinars to sell her course. And she said, I used to love them and leave them. I do my webinar, but then I was done. And then she learned this process of sending post-webinar emails to everybody who registered for the webinar and either didn't buy or or didn't show up for it. And those post-webinar emails can make you just as much money as those live webinars. So she started to send these post-webinar emails, doubled her revenue on her webinars, and made a lot of good money with this strategy. So post-webinar emails are essential. But one more thing I'll say is after it's all said and done, after you do your launch and you close the cart and people can't buy anymore, following up with a post-launch survey to those that signed up for your webinar but never bought, if you do something really simple and really casual and just ask a few questions, you can get so much insight into why people didn't buy. And I'm going to give you one more hint here. If they say because it was too expensive, I never believe it because I think that we'll always find money for what we want, right? You always find a way. If it was too expensive, you likely didn't really tap into that desire or that challenge or what they really wanted to solve. And sometimes that's just perfecting your message, perfecting your copywriting. What I will tell you, and this is Jenna and I are a great example of this, it takes time. You do a few launches and you get a whole lot better. So be patient with yourself. I love that. And I think objections of time and money are never reliable to lean into because everyone is the same amount of time. And like you said, like people just value things differently. I'm not saying everyone can afford a $5,000 program, but we're saying that, man, like you can make sacrifices or, or move things around a little bit if it's worth it to you. So that end result that that person is painting has to be as valuable as what you're spending for sure. Yes. But yeah, I always think time and money. I'm like, that's the objection for literally everything in life. So <laughs> everything. let's talk about the real objections. <laughs> oh my gosh. I love yes. that. Okay. So the last call to action I want is let's say somebody's listening. They've never thought about taking their knowledge and creating something that they could sell with it. What has been the best thing that online education has done for you or given you? Uh, It truly has given me so much freedom. Here's the coolest thing ever. 95% of my revenue comes from me selling my own digital courses. But right now I only have two digital courses. You do not need a huge suite of digital courses to be able to make money online. And because I have money coming in every single day with my evergreen programs, I'm able to only say yes to the things that light me up. And I get to say no to the things that I just don't like to do. It doesn't matter why I don't like to do them. I just don't want to do some stuff and I don't have to. And I know the difference because the first two years of business of having a consulting one-on-one client type of business, I said yes to everything because I was afraid I wouldn't have enough money coming in if I left a client or lost a client. So these days it feels very different. And I I get to have the freedom to say yes and know what I want when I want to. And that to me is a really good life. I'm a hundred percent with you. I think there is so much freedom. It's scalable. It, It takes away the trading time for money thing. I mean, imagine if you were still consulting one-on-one today, you wouldn't have impacted thousands of people. That's a big difference. 
Yes, it's so true. Okay. I, I feel very fortunate. Where can everyone find you? You guys, I am probably like the number one listener of Amy's podcast, <laughs> but now you guys will all be. So give us all the places that we can connect with you because you have absolutely been one of the biggest mentors into my life ever. Uh, Jenna, that makes me want to cry. Thank you for saying that because you have done so many amazing things. So if I could be a tiny sliver of that, I just, it lights me up. So first of all, thank you. And I love you dearly. And number two, I'm at amyporterfield.com and I'm at amyporterfield on Instagram. And shout out to Jenna, because when we went on that girl's trip, Jenna and I and Rachel Hollis, we talked about like how I could do better on Instagram. And it's kind of been amazing, this transformation I've had on Instagram. And that was because of you girls. So thank you for that. And I'm having a lot of fun with it. Well, everyone needs to go follow, you know, real talk before we we hang up. Me and Amy (laughs) are like two peas in a pod because we're very different. We're very much the same in certain things. And so it's just really funny. The other night we were voice texting each other like feverishly <laughs> and Drew was like, who are you talking to? And I was like, it's Amy. Like we talk about launches. Like most people talk about episodes of The Bachelor. Like we are so excited about this stuff. And so Amy, I am sure with so much certainty, you will be back on the show to continue to share some of this, but just thank you for paving the way and for showing other women what's possible. Thanks, girl. I absolutely loved being here. What an honor. Thanks again. You know, what's wild for me is when I close my eyes and think of Amy Porterfield, I'm transported back just a few years ago when I would listen to every single episode on repeat and I would listen to her in the car and in the shower and on walks. And Amy was this voice in my head and more than just a voice in my head, she was this person that made me see what was possible. Now that she's a friend of mine, man, I feel so lucky. If you would have told me a few years ago that I would have Amy on my podcast, not once, but twice, and trust me, she's coming back for more soon, I would have absolutely died. What a blessing to be able to learn from other people and to to have such powerful women speaking into your lives. And I hope that you know that every time you hit play on this show here, I hope to do for you what Amy has done for me, to show you what's possible, to remind you that you are worthy of going after your dreams and that that nothing is too big or too audacious for you to chase after. I am so, so excited to share this content with you each and every single week. And, and I hope that you enjoy these conversations that are less scripted and just more, let's get on the phone and talk about this certain subject. If this resonates a little bit more with you, would you just let me know that? Because we're always taking feedback and trying to do better. And man, if I can exemplify what doing better and learning and growing looks like, it is through my friend, Amy. So thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Gold Digger Podcast. I hope today that we opened your eyes to the possibilities of creating your own course or online program or mastermind or virtual workshop, whatever that looks like for you. I hope that you see within yourself that you have something awesome that can impact the world and that it is time for you to get out there and share it. Until next time, Gold Diggers, keep on digging your biggest goals. And thank you, thank you, thank you for letting me speak into your life today. Thanks for listening to the Gold Digger Podcast. Dive into the show notes for this episode and all past episodes at www.golddiggerpodcast.com. If you love the show, share it with a friend. The more, the merrier. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next time, you gold digger you.